0: After a fringe festival of frippery. That was fucking amazing. It really was.
1: Amnesty Secret Comedy Podcast with Susan Kalman.
0: Welcome back to Amnesty International Secret Comedy Podcast, live from the underbelly with me, Susan Kalman! <laughs> Listening and thanks a lot for coming. We've got an amazing show coming your way in the next half hour or so. Richard Bacon will be sharing an incredible secret about George W. Bush. Suggs will be revealing what Pete Townsend said to the Spice Girls at the Olympics closing ceremony. Hopefully, you're bloody amazing. Do you know, I was a member of the Spice Girls fan club when I was 22. And we've got loads of amazing stand-up comedy, poetry and chit-chat with some of my favourite people But let's kick things off with a song His fans range from grungy rockers to cultured Radio 4 listeners Here he is, please raise the roof for the wonderful Mr Mitch Benn.
1: Remarkably enthusiastic, thank you very much all kind of boiled down to the gay marriage question, really, hasn't it? All really boiled down to that one issue. It's a very one-sided issue as far as I'm concerned. The case of gay- in favour of gay marriage is extremely simple. It's one word, equality. There you go. The uh, case against gay marriage, altogether more nebulous, altogether more cloudy. I've never really heard it. They seem very vehement about the case against gay marriage. Don't seem entirely sure to be what it is. Um, but I've done a bit of research. I've, I think I've figured out what the problem is. And if they're going to articulate it properly, then maybe I should. If the gays are allowed to marry, it'll be disastrous And it's not because they're sinners, and not as good as us It'll undermine the institution of marriage in every way Cause you see, what'll happen is, no, wait a minute What we really mean is, look at just bloody well, okay the Church of England says gay weddings would destroy marriage And it should know It was founded for the sole purpose Of destroying a marriage long ago It'll spell the doom of the tradition Just wait and see If we let more people do it No, that can't be right Look, hang on, just a second, rate It really will, honestly And it's forbidden in the Bible, you've been warned Right next to the passage prohibiting prawns And shaving and wearing mixed fabric clothes But those bits of nonsense every Christian knows But the bit we can cling to, the bit that's true Is the bit that tells us we're better than you And it's okay to bully and discriminate Give us a break here, we're running out of people to hate Can't hate the Jews no more we're too scared to hate the Muslims Cause being gay's a lifestyle choice The evidence is strong Cause if it's not, they're just born that way It means God isn't nice or the Bible's wrong Our values must be protected Of this there can be no doubt And it's not just because they're weird and unnatural uh, Look at that, two men holding hands And now they started kissing And they bet they fiddle with each other blur. make them stop, they're yucky And they freak us out
0: Absolutely bloody marvelous, uh, Mitch. Ladies and gentlemen, please raise the roof for the wonderful Mitch Black We've got a rare thing at this time of year in Edinburgh, an Edinburgh resident, one of the funniest comedians working in the UK right now. You'll know her from Mock the Week, Have I Got News For You, and countless other TV and radio appearances. She is truly one of the best comedians we have working in this country. the roof for the wonderful Joe Coffee <laughs> Hello, Joe. Hi. Are you all right? I'm a little delicate. Are you? Yeah. Now, um, you've got a fantastic blog joe caulfield um and in it you get advice from other comedians and all mm. that kind of other mm. stuff to help people um, and you've you've got a list of things you've
2: learned at the fringe which which made me laugh a huge amount um i started it it sounds like i started it out of goodness but i didn't i started it because lots of young comedians would come up and say oh, you know, I want to get into comedy, what do you do? And all you can really say to them is uh, get on stage and do it. It's the Mm. only way. But they're not satisfied with that answer, obviously, because they want to talk about themselves because they're already comedians. And uh, (laughs) so that's when I started doing it as a list. (laughs) So now I can just go, oh, well, if you're really interested, you can go to my website. And uh, so I have a list of all sorts of things and really, really practical things like always steal uh, the milk cartons from hotels, things like that, Mm. that you need to know when you're on the road. Those things are important.
0: uh, One of my favourite ones was um, if 200 people are laughing but one person is scowling, that's the one person the performer will see. That one scowling person will freak the performer out. That one scowling person will make the performer forget the 200 people laughing and think the show is going badly. Use this piece of information and have a lot of fun. (laughs) And it's true. And there was a guy in my show and he laughed by raising his eyebrows. (laughs) That's how he indicated enjoyment.
2: Mm.
0: And I felt like, because everyone else is fine, and I felt like stopping the show and going,
2: will you make a noise? Will yeah. you make a noise? Or people that are in-laughers who kind of go... <laughs> I'm just like, they're of no use to me at all, those people. Right. And then there was a man last night, and, uh, and he, his wife was laughing and laughing and laughing, and he was just occasionally giving a little smile. And then I found out that he was from Aberdeen. Yeah. And... <laughs> My husband is from Aberdeen, so I know. So I went, oh, so that's you as happy as you can possibly be. Yeah. yeah. And then you have weird things like I had. um, Sometimes the audience can be very sarcastic because there was uh, some men in from Finland and I was very excited by them. I've never met people from Finland. And they all had fabulous sort of moustaches and interesting hair. And I said, oh, that's great. So seven of you have come from Finland. And the man said, yes, you are very big in Finland. And I went, really? He went, no, of course not. (laughs)
0: Oh my god, because you get that moment of, I know it, Finland. maybe I am.
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe Finland's the place for me then. Yeah. Oh.
0: Um, and I, I like this one as well. American comedians have no idea how much stronger the beer is in Britain compared to the beer in America. Use this piece of knowledge and have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true, you go, Do you want a pint of Stella? And they yeah. go, Oh, yeah, is that just beer? And you go, Yeah, and right Yeah, it is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's great. Do you know where Arthur's seat is? It's just a wee climb. Do you want to go up it?
2: See you in a wee minute, love. The Stella is particularly good because it doesn't taste like it's strong to them, so they're drinking away. And then I've had Fenty, it looks like four pints in, she went, Oh, now I see why you people are so angry.
3: absolutely I
0: want to fight someone yeah we're doing the amnesty secret podcast and uh, amnesty
2: stands for freedom of expression and you were kind of retweeting a pussy riot it's very creepy and weirdly because i had watched this documentary recently about putin um, and so i felt like oh i know everything so i was kind of excited that that happened because i thought oh i can talk about this because i know everything about putin and uh, and it's but it's just a classic isn't it of 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 that rock music could make a difference but it would be interesting, like, if it was in this country, I think we would just assume that that was Simon Cowell had set something up so someone can have a big career. But then you go, no, this is, act- this is real and making a difference. Mm. Now, Joe's going to
0: stay with us uh, for the rest of the show, um, and we'll ask you your secret later on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't need to be about a celebrity.
2: I don't have a celebrity secret. OK. No. Although Ruby Wax did once ask to borrow my contact lenses. LAUGHTER when I was working for her, yeah. <laughs> I refused. That was a little... Quite right. A little close.
0: <laughs> this is Amnesty International's secret comedy podcast and we've been asking our guests to reveal their deepest, darkest secrets. We caught up with Radio 5's Richard Bacon earlier,
4: who revealed this. George W. Bush once tried to kill me, which was... He was in his motorcade. Uh, he'd been at dinner at the American Embassy and I, I went to see his motorcade because they're about 30 cars long, all the secret service. It's quite a spectacular thing if you ever get the chance to go and see... Uh, A presidential motorcade and there's a couple of outriders and then it was his car and then the other 29 vehicles behind him and I stood on Baker Street near central London and I saw his car approaching. it was going quite slowly and 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 I just thought there weren't many people standing around and I and I was on the curb and I thought well I'll just try and get up to his window and have a look at him so I stepped out into the road almost pressing my face against his glass and his driver obviously saw that as a threat to the vehicle which I think they call Limo 1, like Marine 1 and Air Force 1, and did an emergency kind of swerve, if you like, just grabbed his steering wheel and swerved at me, uh, which forced me to jump backwards very suddenly onto the pavement. So I caused um, George W. Bush, a serving president, and his wife, Laura, uh, a moment's discomfort. Um, I, I might be on some sort of CIA watch list, for all I know, but in that instance, I believe he tried to kill me. <laughs>
0: Well, there you go. George W. Bush tried to kill Richard Bacon. Who'd have thought it? Now, there's more secrets still to come, but uh, let's have some stand-up comedy, everyone. He's a funny man who writes jokes the old-fashioned way. Set up punchline. Ladies and gentlemen, raise the roof for the wonderful Benny Burks!
5: Yay! Sometimes I like to hire two babysitters. I like to hire two babysitters from two different babysitter companies. And then I ring them individually on the night and I say, now listen, you're gonna be babysitting a 21 year old girl (laughs) who thinks that she is a babysitter. (laughs) So don't be taking any of a shit, all right? It's time to go to bed. It's time for you to go to bed. Have I raised enough money yet? (laughs) I like Scooby-Doo, I'm a big fan of Scooby-Doo. You know, at the end of a Scooby-Doo cartoon, they always solve the mystery, obviously, and then Fred goes, well, good job, gang. Mystery solved. Right, Scoob? And then it cuts to Scoob, and he goes, Scooby-Dooby-Dooby-Doo! And then it cuts to black and it ends. Like, that's it. But I imagine after it cut to black, Fred probably would have just gone, what? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Hey, my question was rhetorical, and even if it wasn't, I don't understand your answer. It's very strange. <laughs> They'd be like, Scotland Yard solved a very important murder crime. It was like, well, good job, guys. Murder solved. Right, Constable Harrison? Then it just cut to him and just went, Constable, Constable, Constable Harrison! <laughs> what? We're in the middle of a press conference. <laughs> I was walking down this dark alleyway, Late at night and this guy, he jumped out of nowhere and he confronted me from behind a bin with a knife. And he scared me and he was like, hey man, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I was like, shit, that means I'm lost and I'm late. (laughs) I'm trying to get to my orienteering club (laughs) to see if I pass my orienteering exam. Can you please point me in the right direction with your fucking knife? I hate knives. I think they're scary and they're dangerous. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen? I think the word "knife" is scary in itself because the "k" is silent and is concealing a knife. <laughs> what the fuck you got there, "k"? What? What? What is that? Is that a? Is that a knife? <laughs> say, say something. You know that cosmetic company L'Oreal? Now L'Oreal claim that their products fight the seven signs of aging. Well, send that shit back to the laboratory because I hadn't stopped my grandmother from yelling racist shit out at the dinner table. (laughs) No matter how much we put on her. (laughs) If anything, it just empowers her because she knows she's too slippery to catch. (laughs) Whoa, get back here grandma, you slippery bigot. You can't say that. I recently bought a rhinoceros off the black market and I've been starving him and not feeding him for like six months, so he loses lots and and lots of weight because when my daughter asks for a unicorn for her birthday, she fucking gets a unicorn. (laughs) Do you know when I die, I've decided I want to be cremated. I want to be cremated when I I die. But on the morning before I pass away, I'm gonna eat a kilo of raw popcorn kernels. (laughs) My relatives are going to be sad, but not for long. (laughs) Because about three to five minutes into that cremation, the fucking wake will start. And there's going to be snacks and nibblies for all. (laughs) Yay! Thank you very much. Bye.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Boots. Now, my next guest, just one so you think you're funny, joining a list of names like Lee Mack, Miles Jupp, Peter Kay, and Rona Cameron. Please welcome Ashlingby.
3: Ashling, how are you? Oh, hello, Susan. I am fine. It's going well so far, I think. I think yeah. I've won over the audience, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you just won So You Think You're Funny. I, I did, yeah. I got asked by an Irish radio station this morning. They go, So you just won <laughs> So You Think You're Funny, do you? And, <laughs> I, like, and I was, I was telling Joe impressive. earlier, my, uh, my auntie's been going around telling people that I won the Edinburgh Fridge Festival. <laughs> so... You won Edinburgh. Yeah. Well I, I won Edinburgh, and it does, the details don't matter. It's it's it, you know, it's all details. You just good. And your poster next year just just put Edinburgh winner. Edinburgh winner. Won, yeah. won it. Yeah. I did actually. I remember one year I came to Edinburgh, and I was a student at the time. And when we were uh, we arrived, and the first thing we saw was this amazing place on the Cowgate, and inside they said pole dancing competition with top prize of fifty pounds. And we went into this nightclub, and it was men and women just doing a... put po- Like, you can imagine the sort of nightclub it was. I mean, we were coming from Ireland, we thought, this is so glamorous. <laughs> I look back at it, and it's a dive. I mean, that is a greasy hellhole. And um, I came second in the pole dancing competition. Like, but I, I did the robot around it, so I was like, <laughs> queen of irony. Um, and I lost out to a US Marine who did the worm around the pole. And... Um, <laughs> So did you find Probably So You, you Think You're Funny easier than that uh, pole dancing Was competition? Was it easier or harder than winning a pole dancing competition? Coming second, well, I came second in the pole dancing competition and since then I knew that I had to win something. <laughs> I had to come first. But surely um, So You Think You're Funny is almost the same as a pole dancing competition. You
0: stand on stage in front of a microphone and you essentially try and make yourself sexier and funnier than anybody else. Yeah. It's the same
3: thing really. Then Ruby Wax comes out. Same, same, same process. Do you want to tell people what Ruby Wax said? Do I... Do I... Well, Ruby came out uh, um, and said, uh, so in joint third place, we have um, a guy who I couldn't understand and uh, the black one. <laughs> and we were, I was in there going back to saying, did she, do, I, don't, I don't, what is that? And then she was like, <laughs> and then uh, in second place, because uh, we, we had to have one, is a disabled guy. I was thinking, what? Now, you know, Jonathan is not disabled. He's, he's got this like, kind of lisp, mouth sort of thing, which he makes fun of in his set. And then, and then the big one was, uh, but the winner is, uh, with the real disability, because it's got breasts, um, a woman. To be fair, my so breasts heavy. get in the way of my golf swing. Yeah, that's the thing.
2: But I thought what was amazing when you said that she said that was that then they said, hadn't picked up something, so they had to do it again. So we did it again. So she said the same thing again. thing again, yeah.
3: Well, when you've got good material, you know, you yeah. want to really... <laughs> you, want to, you want to use it.
2: I know how to offend people. Yeah. I can do it again, yeah. and, again, again and again and again. Just yeah.
3: Yeah. No stone left unoffended. So it was good mm-hmm. winning. As ah, it was, yeah. Well, actually, I'd been, I'd been doing a play across town and um, I had to leg it from the play to go and do the competition and then we kind of found out quite quickly and went downstairs and we having our pictures taken and I'd just been looked at for about five hours straight and I got in a bit of a panic and I just really wanted to ring my mammy and then luckily the, um, the Gilded Balloon had a fire alarm um, and so they had to evacuate the whole building so I put up my hood I went out to near the BBC tent and had a cry by the bins <laughs> and, I was just like going. and then my friend Celia do you know Celia Pocola she's an mm. amazing stand-up she, me, she goes ah, oh, oh, mate oh, excellent Excellent. Where are you? Where are you? Come in the disco. Come in the disco. I was like, Hilia, I'm down by the bins, by the BBC. Will you come and get me and bring some makeup? And I was just really tired. So. See, that's
0: the good thing about comedy. It's yeah. the highs and lows, in the one evening that yeah. you can. Uh, yeah. Can I just say, you look. You've
3: changed. Uh, you're even more beautiful now. Oh. You've won a competition. Thank, thank you very much, Susan. I can only agree with you. <laughs>
0: Now, it's time for another secret on Amnesty International secret comedy podcast. Here's Suggs from Madness letting us in on another juicy one. First about acting and then some backstage gossip from the Olympic closing ceremony.
6: I met the actor Bill Nye, and um, not to say I'm particularly acting in my show, but it is quite a theatrical show. And I asked him, because he um, lectures in uh, acting uh, at times at various acting colleges, what the most important thing about acting was. And he said, it's all a load of bollocks, he said. The only thing to try and do is pretend that you've forgotten the first word of the next sentence. I said, "What?" And that's it. He went, "Yeah." He said, "The rest of the stuff I talk is absolute nonsense." Oh, <laughs> well, here I is a secret. I tell you, the Spice Girls—they were practicing their singing, inverted commas—and um, they were going, "I tell you what, I want what I really really want, what I really really want, I really really, however it goes, you know." Then I could hear Pete Townsend from the other dressing room shout, "Someone feed them for fuck's sake!" <laughs>
0: Finished. I'm in a half. That's the problem. Mm. I bloody love the Spice Girls. I tell you what I want, what I really, really want. No, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I wanna, wanna I, wanna, wanna, I wanna, wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, really, really, really want a zig Oh, I know them all. Don't start yeah, me. All, all the big ones. Uh, now, <laughs> let's have a bit more stand up comedy. It's our favourite Canadian Londoner and a great supporter of Amnesty International. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Dean Alexander! <laughs>
7: All right, how you guys doing? Woo! Make some noise if you have kids. Who has kids? I'm, I'm thinking about having kids, but I had to live with my cousin and her three children for a while, so I'm tr- still trying to figure out what's normal. I don't know if you have... Uh, I have parents that used to just scare the hell out of me to get me to do whatever they needed me to do. Like, my mother would say things to me like, Oh, don't stand in front of the microwave or you're gonna grow a third arm. <laughs> I still stand against the wall when I'm warming food up. You know what I mean? If you get them young, you get the fear in there. So I have a little cousin, you guys could probably weigh in on this a little bit more. Is it normal to suck your thumb at age seven? <laughs> I, really? Because cause my parents would have scared me off of that quick time. I'm like, I could carry on the Alexander legacy. I'm gonna do this. So I had a little talk with my cousin. I said, Aaliyah, you know what that little dry patch is on your thumb there, don't you? She said, no, auntie. I said, it's dust. I said, if you continue to suck your thumb, it's gonna disintegrate into nothing. Then you're gonna have to suck your pointer and your middle finger and then i got on the internet and i started showing pictures of amputee children <laughs> i think it's the toys we give kids i think like when i had toys you had to have a little bit of imagination you get this, the worst toy i'm gonna get this one toy it's like this is a raccoon on a string just pull it you can give that to a child have you seen like the animatronic toys that they have you know have you seen tickle me elmo have you seen this doll that doll is grow Every single year that doll is evolving. You, you just tickle him and he laughs. You know what I mean? Now Elmo has a stand-up comedy routine. He can actually read your child a story at the end of the night. You know what I mean? I wish Elmo would just tell the kids the truth. Which is your parents do not want to play with you. <laughs> you guys have been great. Thanks.
0: Come and join us for a chat, lovely. Fringe, this festival, my
7: dear. Yeah, I think it was pretty good. I mean, it's a real learning curve the second year. um, I feel like I'm in my adolescence a little bit like... The, the acne and stuff like that. And next year I'll come out, be beautiful again, It'll be nice. wow. I think it's like a cocoon <laughs> thing, isn't it? You do it for loads of years and you hide
0: in a dark cave. And then one day the hope is that you'll you'll just come out like a beautiful butterfly. And everyone <laughs> will say you're so funny and pretty. And I'll go, thank you very much. And then I'll fly away to BBC One. <laughs> <laughs> <where> <laughs> I'll have a series, and everyone <laughs> will say you're wonderful. And I'll sell out stadiums, and I'll buy a house. <laughs>
2: They no, don't lives. live very long, butterflies, I don't think. I <laughs> say <laughs> there's a sad end to your little <laughs> fantasy. Yeah.
0: I like I'll to get the, to the house film. then, I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ashley, you've yeah. told us kind of a secret. Anything else you want to share before we uh, yeah, finish uh, up with you?
3: I was an altar girl as a... This isn't going where you think it's going. I was I was an altar girl growing up, and there was this kind of man who used to do the... Um, who used to kind of push the body of christ's he had a big bucket of body of christ's out the back <laughs> that that's top <laughs> and that's so because they the come Catholic in industrial Church. buckets like yeah. they don't come in a goblet of fire mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> they they come in industrial buckets and i was back, uh, back backstage and, and <laughs> I uh, backstage back to the church. <laughs> yeah. and I was just backstage trying to get ready trying to do my makeup and um, I was back behind the altar you know we have to clean the chalices and stuff like that afterwards and he, he was just like do you want do you want some of those to take home with you and I was like what and because they're not blessed yet so like they're only bred until they're blessed don't worry lads because uh, I can see everyone panicking <laughs> I think we're in the Protestants is it um, and, uh, and so he gave us a big old handful of body of Christ to take home and myself and my sister Sinead and um, brought them home, put ham and cheese on them, and uh, washed them and away. And my mother, don't tell anyone, Ashling, about this because people might get upset. And we're like, no problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you <laughs> made, <into> that you <laughs> made a croque Monsieur, yeah, out of, of the Jesus. body of Christ. Yeah. yeah. Give them all a huge round of applause, Ashling. comedy now he's been making waves this fringe with his killer gags and lovely shoes he's here to entertain us now it's chris henry
6: hello uh good afternoon Uh, my name is chris henry hi i'm actually from coatbridge i know a scotsman in edinburgh it's fucking weird uh uh, for those of you that don't know where coatbridge is it's very near glasgow if you're american then it's in europe Where are all the non-Scots? Give us a cheer. Just while you're here, a word of warning. We don't actually like it when you ask us to say specific words. If one more person asks me to say burger, (laughs) there's going to be a murder. (laughs) I love being back up here. I I love the fact that just before the Fringe started, Scotland announced that it was going to be the first part of the UK to allow gay marriage. Fantastic stuff. And just to screw with the rest of the world, both men will be in skirts. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, but it's nice being back here because I, I stayed down in London. Uh, and when I left, the Olympics was going on and there was police everywhere. And I don't know if this happens to you a lot, but as soon as I see someone in a police uniform, something in my head says, act natural. <laughs> <laughs> Having a fantastic time uh, while I've been here at the Fringe. Uh, thank you very much for coming out and supporting not only live comedy, but I'm just doing it. My name's Chris Henry. Goodbye.
0: Now we're going to close the show with something very special and that's some poetry he'll touch your hearts and tickle your ribs at the same time please give it up for Shane Coyzan
8: This is my voice There are many like it but this one is mine and it's a fine line when you're trying to define the finer points of politics politics being a Latin word Poly meaning many, ticks meaning blood-sucking butt lumps. (laughs) But too many live in countries where it's bullets instead of ballots, where gavels fall like mallets when held in the hands of those whose judgments can be bought as easily as children can be taught to covet, and the only ones willing to speak up are forced to live so far beneath the radar that the underground is considered above it. This is for the Ho Chi Minhs and the Michael Collins. The Marquis de Sades and the Muted Gods, this is my voice. There are many like it, but this one is mine. And this time, it's for the sons and daughters who watch mothers and fathers drown in shallow waters while panning for the American dream in a polluted creek called the mainstream. This is for the homeless people sleeping on steam vents, making makeshift tents out of cardboard and old trash. Trying to catch 40 winks in between the crash of car wrecks, risking their necks by surviving another day so they can starve so that famine can carve their body into a corpse before their heart stops beating so that men in a boardroom meeting can make it harder for them to get welfare, health care, it's no wonder some of them pawn off their own wheelchair. And every time I walk by, I can't help but feel at fault that maybe I didn't search myself hard enough for the Control-Alt-S so I could save the world or at least this little girl curled into a ball. I've spent most of my life throwing compassion back like a fish that's too small. Got to cash in my reality checks, drop her some spare fantasies. Because I've got three separate degrees from different universities, but the most valuable thing I ever learned was to believe people when they say please. Don't tell me there are no heroes. This is for them, the women and the men. For Helen Keller, who against all odds found a voice for the choice Veronica Guerin made. For Martin Luther King, who stayed just long enough to share a dream with us, this is for that day on the bus with Sister Rosa Parks. For the Joan of Arc's who believe even in the face of sparks becoming flame, the political game that Louis Real refused to play, this is for the day the Dalai Lama finally goes home. For Dr. Jeffrey Weigand, who alone stared down big tobacco. For Nelson Mandela, who continues to go the extra mile, this is for the trial that finally found a man guilty of shooting Medgar Evers dead. For everything Malcolm X said, remembered by athletes who left the Olympics double-fisted. For Arthur Miller, blacklisted for calling a witch what it was, for Galileo, locked up to say the earth was round, for the two live crew who found a sound that got them banned in the USA, and imagine if we could still hear John Lennon play. This is for the someone who stood up today and said no, for Edward R. Murrow who shut down McCarthy, for Salman Rushdie, Mahatma Gandhi, you, me, this city, this country, we will always have a choice. When you stand up to be counted, tell the world this is my voice. There are many like it, but this one is mine.
1: Amnesty Secret Comedy Podcast with Susan
8: Kalman.
0: After a, a fringe festival of frippery, that was fucking amazing. It really was. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <coughs> Thanks a lot for listening to Amnesty International Secret Comedy Podcast. Thanks to Joe Caulfield, Ashley B, Mitch Ben, Dane Alexander, Chris Henry, and of course, Shane Coysen. Give them all a round of applause. forget to subscribe to this feed to get our next podcast absolutely free i've been and will remain susan Kalman!
1: i'm richard melvin the producer of this secret comedy podcast we really hope you liked it amnesty stands up for freedom of expression words should move you not imprison you if you believe this like we do then you need to do your bit to help us You can do this by texting the word SECRET to 70555 to donate £3. That's the word SECRET to 70555. Texts cost £3 plus one standard message. Refer to your tariff for details. Amnesty UK receives at least £2.85 from every £3 donated. Over 18s only. Please ask bill payers' permission. See full terms and conditions at amnesty.org.uk SMS terms. Go on. You know it makes sense. Amnesty's Secret Comedy Podcast is a Dabster production for Amnesty International.